Welcome to the Life After Sugar podcast. The podcast that's not just about sugar, but about your relationship with it and also with food and especially with yourself. So if you want to discover your life after sugar and hear inspiring stories from all kinds of people who also cut out sugar in their way, at their pace, for their own reasons, this is the podcast for you. Because you know, when you take away the sugar, you can finally discover the real sweetness in your life. I'm your host, Netta Gorman. So recently I asked on my social media, Instagram and Facebook and whatnot, for suggestions for short solo episodes, because short episodes about specific subjects are something that people have been asking me for. And one of the suggestions or requests that I got was to talk about sweeteners like monk fruit and stevia. So I'm going to talk about my take on sweeteners today. So I was asked specifically about monk fruit and stevia, which as far as I know are the most common sweeteners that are used by people following a keto diet, which is not me. And actually I don't eat any sweeteners, but it's fine if people ask me about them. I'm quite happy to respond. So monk fruit and stevia are actually non-nutritive sweeteners, which right there tells you something. Non-nutritive means they don't add any nutrition. What they do add is a sweet taste. And so instead of sugar, people use monk fruit or stevia in things like recipes for baked goods which is something that I don't do anymore. So for monk fruit, monk fruit is actually a brand name, but the official name of the fruit is Luo Hanguo, which I probably said completely wrong, or Buddha fruit. And it's a very sweet, round, dried fruit that's typically grown in southern China and is used as a sweetener or flavor enhancer for for food and beverages. It's not like we add the actual fruit, though, We add the extract of the monk fruit, or rather the food industry does, and the extract is 150 to 250 times sweeter than table sugar. It has zero calories and carbs, and it doesn't raise blood glucose levels, which of course is why it's such an interesting alternative to sugar, except that is, if what you're actually trying to do is to reduce your liking or your need for sweet tastes but I'll get back to that a bit later. So apart from its sweet taste, the monk fruit has been slowly gaining recognition just for the fact that it doesn't spike blood sugar. And it's also known for several other benefits like allegedly being anti-inflammatory or with anti-aging properties or even boosting immunity. And I tend to be a bit skeptical about one food doing all of these things. But the bottom line seems to be that it's less harmful than actual sugar. Although, in my humble opinion, if you're looking at a product that is 150 to 250 times sweeter than table sugar, with the argument that you need less of it for the same sweetness, which is a totally valid argument on paper, well, what that says to me is that you're still hankering after a sweet taste. And there may be nothing wrong with that, I'm not judging that. I'm just saying that there is another way of approaching sweetness 
For those of us who actually have a pretty unhealthy relationship with sweet tastes. And that is not to replace sugar with something even sweeter. It's to train our taste buds to actually enjoy and need less sweetness so that we're not always running after products that are sweet, like monk fruit sweetener. And I have to say, even the name monk fruit, you're not actually eating the whole fruit. It's actually a sweet product. And if you follow that logic, you could also argue that sugar is a natural plant food because it used to be sugar cane or sugar beet. So although I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with monk fruit sweetener, I think it still perpetuates our need for sweetness. And for some of us, this need is unhealthy because it makes us behave in ways that are unhealthy. And the freedom that I talk about, that I found almost seven years ago, it's the freedom from needing sweetness. It's the freedom from thinking, is this sweetener better than that sweetener? Is this type of sugar okay? Is it natural? Will it spike my blood sugar? Ugh. It's like freedom from all of those choices and all of those questions. And that freedom for me and for everyone I've helped get there also includes freedom from feeling deprived, restricted, and generally like you're missing out on something because we don't feel like we're missing out on anything. On the contrary. All right then, what about stevia? Well, stevia is even sweeter than monk fruit. It's also calorie-free, which if you know anything about calories, doesn't impress you because a product that's calorie-free, that means nothing. In fact, for me, it's quite the opposite. I'm happy to have more calories because calories equals energy. But the source of those calories is what counts for me. And I don't want my calories coming from anything sweet. Now, stevia is originally a plant, but then again, so's sugar. Um, and it comes in products like sweet leaf, which is inulin, or purevia, which is really a mix of dextrose and cellulose, or truvia, which is with erythritol. And it's an intensely sweet-tasting plant that's actually been used for centuries to make tea. And as I said, it's way sweeter than sugar and even than monk fruit sweetener. It's like 200 to 300 times sweeter than table sugar. But watch out for the commercial versions of stevia because, as I mentioned before, they mix up the stevia leaf with all kinds of other products or sweeteners and they kind of count on us as consumers not to read the ingredients. So make sure if you do decide to buy stevia that it's pure stevia, or at least as pure as it can be when it's been packaged and processed. And as a consumer, I would ask myself, why am I looking for alternatives to sugar? What is it that I'm looking for? Am I looking to recreate all the baked goods that I used to love and that contained sugar? There's no wrong answer. It's just good to be honest with ourselves. I've never tried monk fruit sweetener, but the beginning of my sugar-free journey, I did try stevia and what I found was that I didn't actually really like the taste. But not just that. I found that it made me want to recreate brownies and desserts and those kinds of things, when actually 
I was feeling just fine without them. And quite frankly, I don't miss sweet tastes, either from sugar or from sweeteners. In fact, my palate has changed so much that I actually dislike sweet tastes now and try to avoid them as much as I can. So when people ask me about sweeteners, I wonder whether they're actually asking me for some sort of permission for them to use sweeteners, in which case you have my full permission, because it's not actually up to me to give you permission to do or not do anything. You're completely free to choose whatever you want to eat, including sweeteners. I just want to show you that, despite popular belief, a life without sweet tastes can be perfectly happy and fun. Now, most people don't actually believe me when I say that living a sugar-free life, what I refer to as my life after sugar, can possibly be sweeter than a life with sugar. And that is a very, very strong belief, totally understandable, because I held on to it for years and years. And I would never have believed it possible if I hadn't lived it myself. But what I found is that when sugar starts to make us suffer more than we enjoy it, then that's the time that people come to me to ask, Netta, how do I do what you did? I know sugar is not good for me, but how do I stop eating it? And how do I stop falling off the wagon whenever it's a weekend or a Friday night or my birthday or whenever I feel tired or stressed or bored or anxious? And that's why I created the After Sugar Club. Because what I've created is not just a place to find the info about how bad sugar is. You can find that everywhere on the internet, on YouTube, in Facebook groups, whatever. It's not the info that makes the difference. It's the community that we build, the real-life human connections we make, and the guidance that I offer. Because I've been there. I've been living my sugar-free life for almost seven years, since July 2015, and I've been sugar-free through birthdays, a car crash, being in hospital, travelling around Europe on sabbatical, a pandemic and daily ups and downs. I mean, I get stressed like anyone else. I get anxious, I get down on myself, I get annoyed, impatient. Just ask my family. I'm just a regular human being with regular emotions. It's just that I don't use sugar anymore to deal with them. And this is what the After Sugar Club is all about. Using my real-life experience to help you find more healthy ways that don't require sugar to help you deal with all your emotions in different real-life situations that come up for you so that you can let go of your lifelong habit of turning to sugar for comfort and reward and better health without needing sugar. And when you learn to do that, you won't miss sugar anymore because you won't need sugar anymore. If that sounds like something that you want to be able to do so that you can live a healthier life and find the joy of real freedom from sugar, then come and join us in the After Sugar Club. Go to aftersugarclub.com 
and click on the button Join the Club. So I gave my opinion about the two sweeteners, Monk Fruit Sweetener and Stevia, which compared to other sweeteners that can really play havoc on your gut health, don't have that same effect. I still think that it's one step towards true freedom from sugar to actually train your taste buds to enjoy less and less sweetness. And that includes gradually reducing all types of sweeteners, including the safe ones like monk fruit and stevia, not because they're bad, they're not. If you find that you're using them as a type of emotional crutch or in unhealthy behaviours like always wanting more or not being able to stop, in which case, take a step back, observe your behaviour without judging yourself And when you're in a confident, calm mood, ask yourself, why am I looking for sweetness? What type of sweetness might be missing in my life? Maybe the answer is, I feel fine. But if it's not, and you're feeling a little bit lost, or you need some support or someone to talk to, then write to me. I'm always happy to chat about what's really going on under the surface. And if you want me to send you regular tips and more information about sugar, especially what's behind your need for sugar and how to find the joy in sugar-free living, then go download my simple guide. Go to aftersugarclub.com and click on the tab Simple Guide. You can also get some more tips and inspiration on my Facebook page, Life After Sugar on my Instagram account at mylifeaftersugar, which is where I post pictures of what I eat and things that I do and that I think about to help inspire you to see that it really is possible for you to live a happy and fun life even if you don't eat sugar. And also check out my YouTube channel for more tips and recipes and inspiring ideas. That's the Life After Sugar YouTube channel. And if this is your first episode, then please rate it and scroll down and leave a review if you're finding that it's helping you look at things a little bit differently in relation to sugar. And don't forget to subscribe so that the Life After Sugar podcast appears magically in your podcast player every Sunday. And if you're a regular at this podcast, then thank you for listening. That's it for this week. Keep in touch and see you soon for another episode.